All right, everyone, welcome to episode 13 of Remote Players Nerdcast, where we are back to talk about E3 Mumbo Jumbo, which probably won't be a ton of E3 stuff, but we're going to talk about it and then uh, talk about some other games. So I'm here with Ben as well, again. (laughs) Hello, back again after uh, an extended break with uh, work and other things getting in the way of the important business of this podcast that uh, it reaches Siberia, or not Siberia, where is it? Serbia, that's it. Yeah, in Brazil, and now Germany, apparently. Yeah, I know. We're pretty much like uh, remote players worldwide at this point. Right, so. I mean, internationally known. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> that, that would be us. <laughs> to our, our our two or three listeners in in uh serbia and uh one or two in germany hello or guten tag or whatever so uh so i guess we're getting right into e3 then yeah so uh i was just wondering what you thought initially of it i know you said you didn't pay a lot of attention to it and neither did i but what did you think <laughs> Uh, so I was, I was at work for most of it and, uh, like at, you know, physically at work. So I couldn't really watch. And, uh, so I had two things going that kind of kept me in the know. I was reading Nintendo life off and on throughout the day. And uh, I was also getting like real time updates from Phoenix. So, uh, (laughs) (laughs) so I would get like, like, um, for instance, I would see Nintendo Life, and, and, and in the comments, it would be like, new Metroid game. And then, like, 10 seconds later, I would get from Phoenix, OMG, GGGG, in all caps. And I'd be like, yeah, he saw the Metroid thing. All right, cool. So, um, I, I, I only watched or paid attention to the Nintendo stuff. I didn't do any Xbox, no, nothing, no. I didn't really even look at any developers stuff like it was pretty much just nintendo for me and the couple of things that stuck out like and i know this stuck out for you and i'll let you touch on it but i thought the monster hunter stories 2 trailer and gameplay looked amazing um like i'm a 100 percent in on that uh and i was super super excited and into the advanced wars uh one and two like remake um those and the Game and Watch, the Zelda Game and Watch is also a thing for me. So those are kind of the three things that stuck out for me. Like, what what were you feeling about Nintendo's presentation? Um, so I'm going to quickly throw myself on Xbox. Actually, I was r- really interested in the new like Halo Infinite, uh, like which is pretty much like a. It seems like a, like their version of like a Call of Duty everyone can play game, right? Yeah, like it's on PC as well. Uh, it's not on Switch or PlayStation, but it looks really and like I I love like deep down like that's like my probably one of my favorite shooters as uh, Halo. So I've always kind of wanted to go back to that game, but anyway, when I saw that, I was like, oh, dude, it'd be so cool to like come back to like Halo with like that kind of game. And then I saw that it wasn't on Mac. It's not on Switch, so. I'm pretty much screwed, but um, like half of my mind is kind of stupidly like, what about Xbox? So that's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> but um, 
I would I would say like it was interesting to see. I mean, like I don't hate Xbox at all. I just I just know there's too many games. There's too many games, too many consoles, and it's good to like focus on two, maybe. Maybe um, that's right. Well, and like also right. not for nothing, but like outside of what Halo and Gears of War, like there are no exclusives exclusives on Xbox that are like worth buying an Xbox for. Um, yeah, I mean, if you like Xbox or or their you know their ecosystem or their controller or any number of things, that would be a great reason. But like back when I was pretty much just 3DS and I had no home consoles at all. Uh, and I was like, all right, well, Christmas is coming up. I'm going to take the plunge and I'm going to get a console for the first time. Like I hadn't had a home, home console in probably like since the 360. Um, and uh, I, you know, I went back and forth between the two and like the two things that sold me on it were a, like uh, literally all my friends were on PlayStation. Um, and mm. B, the, the exclusives were way better. Like, you know, I mean, there's there's a bunch of games that are on both, you know, like I could obviously still get my Battlefield kick on Xbox and still do occasionally to this day because my PlayStation is dead. But <laughs> I, I didn't even look at Xbox or Microsoft and I haven't. I have an Xbox One X. I don't have like the Series X or Series S. Um, but like I like the Xbox. I like its controllers. I like its home menu. Uh, but at the end of the day, it wouldn't be my first choice uh, for a number of reasons. But the number one reason is you miss out on so many games uh, going with Microsoft instead of Sony. Yeah, and that's that was reason number one why I ended up getting the PS4 whenever I, I got it late in the life of it. It's still out, but, uh, you know, it took me a while to get the PS4. But the big reason was Persona 5 and Monster Hunter World. That was like the two were like, well, I got to play those. Yeah, um, but mainly Persona. Honestly, like Persona was like, I can't play this game anywhere else. So this is worth three hundred dollars, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, three hundred dollar Persona player. Yeah, um, but I guess I'll talk about my Nintendo reaction somewhat. Um, I really loved uh, Metroid Dread. Um, I know it is not your shit at all. Um, I was going to say, but, so so before you get fully into your Nintendo thoughts, because I do want to hear them, and, and I don't have as many as you do because you actually watched a lot of it, but let's stop, full stop, and talk about this game. <laughs> uh, because I know people like, uh, and, and I'm not going to going to really hijack the conversation because i like metroid uh, i played the original metroid and super metroid and, and i've played you know samus returns and and notoriously hated it um but, you know and i played prime hunters and 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 prime and i like I'm, i don't hate metroid at all but one of the like like foundation like blocks of my gaming relationship with phoenix has been my hate of 2d platformers in the last like what three or four years probably yeah. um like i've been out on almost all of them except that one game what, what was that one like ninja game or whatever that we were playing oh yeah months ago uh, on Twitch? Cy cyber ninja yeah that's it that's that was my one exception and i did like it and i did have a good time um but then, here's it. the here's the few points i'm gonna make and i'm gonna then i'm just gonna shut up and turn it over to you <laughs> uh 
So and I mentioned this on our pre-show or pre-show our, uh, before we started recording. And the two things that stuck out about it, there are three things actually for this game are a it's everybody's really hyped for it. I get that I'm in the minority, but it's not the game we've been promised or been expecting or hoping for. There's, you know, don't make no mistakes about the fact that like when they announced Metroid four, four years ago, no one was itching or calling for a 2D platformer. Um, two, and I said this to you, and I believe it wholeheartedly, in 2021, I firmly believe that 2D platformers feel incredibly, incredibly indie. Um, because so many, and that's not a knock on indies, but so many indies right. have done 2D, pla- 2D yeah exactly like 2d platformers so well like award-winningly well that a major studio like nintendo publishing one in 2021 with my third point the price tag of 60 bucks is an absolute deal-breaking no for me uh i mean amongst <laughs> all the other things you know like like I, I'm just, I'm not doing a 2D platformer in even with Samus, and, and I, and I, like I said, I notoriously and in the minority really didn't like Samus Returns. I played it, and I beat it, uh, but I was not a fan, or what wasn't super into it the way other people were. So, anyways, I'm getting off my soapbox now. Now I will, well, stop hijacking the podcast and uh, tell me your thoughts and and, and, and impressions of Metroid Dread. Uh. So I totally get what you're saying though. Like uh, the 2D thing is, it's been done so much or has been developed over and over many times by a lot of good indie studios. And I love those. Um, it's almost at the point now where, like when you said that, I kind of thought like, it's almost at the point where Metroid and Nintendo kind of have to keep it going. Like, you know, like it's kind of like they try to break into the 3D of it and then they still kind of have that people urge and want that 2D version. And honestly, like, that's that's kind of me. Like, I know people want the 3D version of it, and I think it'd be cool. Like, I think I told you before, it'd be cool to have a Metroid that's, like, on the same level as, like, Halo kind of vibes, you know? Like, yeah. I, feel like, I feel like they could have that be, like, their cool sci-fi serious shooter, and it just hasn't been developed yet to show it off, really, but... I feel like if they went a good direction with it, it could be a really cool Halo style. Like everyone plays like just multiplayer shooter, you know. Um, uh, but anyway, but like if if they announced today that like Metroid was only going to be two D forever, like I'd be like, this is fucking perfect. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> and I would <laughs> scream into the oblivion. Right, you'd like grab a pillow and scream into it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, dude, like, I I love 2D everything, and <clears throat> I think I'm just setting my ways now, um, and I think I, like, when I saw that announced, I was totally not expecting it, but I was, like, 100% like, this is great, because I've, honestly, I think I mentioned it to you before, I've been excited for just, like, Metroid, the Samus Returns to be, like, put on the Switch, and then yeah. when I saw, when I saw this, I was like, oh, so this is just pretty much the same engine, but put on Switch. And uh, and then I read more about it, <clears throat> and the developer, or the guy that the guy that works on it, I'm not gonna say his name, it's like Japanese, and it's a lot of stuff. Um, 
So <laughs> there's a lot of stuff going on in his name. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to try to mess it up. Oh. But the guy that does the Metroid stuff, he worked with the, he worked with the same studio as Samus Returns, and pretty much it's it's basically Samus Returns engine, which I've always said this like I would love for them to keep doing that. Um, but I also want people to have their 3D Metroid games, which I would probably be into. I just didn't grow up with 3D Metroid because I was not in the... I didn't have, uh, what's it called, a GameCube. Like, I still have never owned one, so I missed out on all that shit. Um, so that's just why I don't really have that need for it, really, I guess. But, you know, if it came out tomorrow, I would definitely be buying it. Um, it's It's interesting, like... I get it, you know, know, like it's, it's normally if something like, I don't know, a studio released like a 2D platformer, like there, you know, there's ones uh, that come out like what Celeste was one, like there's, there's ones that look good that I want to play, but I've also just like, I know I won't stick with it uh, and I don't hate 2D. Uh, Like I, I, I spent like a, you know, a good couple hours the last few days, although I don't have it in, in the show notes, uh, and I'll mention it just briefly, like playing that Piper Light Drifter. And like, that's totally a 2D game. Oh, yeah. Um, but like, it's the platforming that I'm not interested in. And I think it really just does come down to like, I reached a point at some point in my gaming life where I was like, okay, like, I, that's all I played when I was a kid and a teenager outside of like WWF No Mercy. Um, was like oh, platformers yeah. and pla- <laughs> shout out to No Mercy and THQ. Um, but like, I guess like I just, I'm not, not there. And sometimes I think like, oh, I'll get back to it. Like, oh, and I'll, I'll like platformers again, but like, dude, I hate the price tag so bad on this game. Like, I, I can't even hide it. Like, normally you and I have the reverse conversation about like price tags where it'll be like, uh, like Metopia came out. I was like, yeah, I mean, like I'm going to get it because I really like the original and I want to beat it. And you, and you would be like, Oh, it's 50 bucks. And I, and, and this is a little different because this is a, a new game, but normally we're reverse. And on this one, you sent the text and you were like, I know it's 60 bucks and I'm all in. And I was sort of like, ah, if it was like 20, I probably would still not get it, but I would consider it more than at 60. Yeah. I, I get it, dude. I mean, it's like one of those things where, like, this is a hundred percent my shit. Like a two D Metroid, it's like, like this is the price doesn't matter. I think that's probably what it is. Like a, I know it is dumb as hell because it's sixty dollars for a two D, and I, I want to say, I want to say, uh, Sam's Returns. I was like, for my playthrough, it was like fifteen plus hours or so, so that it felt like I got my. Forty dollars worth at that point. Um, so I'm assuming this is at least fifteen plus hours. You would think. Um, I mean, if if it was even up to me, dude, I would honestly like want like want to go back to like sprites and just like completely give us the old retro shit. But I know that would just be like not not what people want at all. And I think there would be some people you'd have to you would have to be banking on there being enough switch owners in their thirties and forties uh, yeah, to right. hit, hit like the nostalgia, you know. And since the switch is generally 
like, you know, aimed at like kids and, and teenagers and people in their 20s. I don't think that's the right market. Although, I mean, we definitely break that because, uh, you know, I'm in the late 30s bracket. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I don't know. I mean, I know this game is going to sell like crazy and people are going to love it. And I'm going to see everybody playing it. But I do think this is going to be one of the rare instances where well ahead of time, I'm saying like that that game can suck the underside of my taint and uh, I'm not <laughs> getting it. And on launch day, I will go to Target and see it on the display and actually still look at that game and be like, yeah, all over my taint and then just keep walking past. Because uh, <laughs> generally, I'm like, I'm not getting that game. And then I text Phoenix and I'm like, I got that game. But uh, I just don't think this is going to be the exception to that rule. I do kind of think like, nah, I'm actually out on this one. I'll be interested to see. Like, I know I'll be hearing about it, so I don't feel compelled to buy it just to see what it's like, because I know that you'll be giving me the update. So we'll see. Yeah, it's going to be like right when I turn it on, I'll be like, dude. (laughs) (laughs) uh, I guess I'll run through some of my other stuff from E3 fast. Um, uh, I really liked I really love like I think Xbox just kind of this Game Pass stuff lately has kind of made me like really want to think about Xbox more. Um, and I do because you know me, I like the whole like Stadia mindset where just the game is just in the air all the time. You can just play it whenever. So that was kind of exciting to hear. Like maybe there was like rumors of like Game Pass coming to Switch. It wasn't announced or whatever, but that would be interesting. Like that'd be a cool way for like Switch to have newer games but not you know uh, i still think i still think it's coming at some point yeah I, I totally think that 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 could be a win for both too like because switch would give them so many more members to, on that platform and then you know nintendo could probably kick them like a few people a few games every now and then on their game pass like they're like that'd be crazy yeah. imagine that like a first time that nintendo shares like a game to like xbox on the game pass that would be fucking nuts dude well i do think i think that that would be super nuts and awesome however i think it's more likely that game pass and xbox games will show up on switch especially when the switch pro is announced uh but it won't go both ways yeah i totally think so too like i i always thought everyone remember remember when uh that that Minecraft that was like Nintendo version or whatever came out or Mario yeah. version. And people were like, this is it. This is means that Xbox is going to be, they're going to be synopsis or what is it? What I'm trying to say they're going to be uh damn, I forgot the word, but you know, they're going to be like sharing everything back and forth. And that has, Oh yeah. Happened yeah. Yet. No, uh, no. I mean like Nintendo makes it clear, like, you know, they'll they'll play they'll they'll play well with others they're willing to you know cross platform with sony or cross platform and work with microsoft and sony still kind of like bitches about that but like i think nintendo also draws a line in the sand like uh our our characters they may you know show up in some other franchises but like you're not going to be playing mario on your xbox yeah like they'll be damned if mario shows up on fucking anything with the x <laughs> yeah exactly yeah um so uh like you mentioned advance wars like i saw that and i dude i think that was the one that i really just fucking lost it on like because that hit me in the fucking gut i was like 
I didn't expect that at all. Like I wasn't even thinking about Advance Wars when they said that. But I saw that. I saw um, the woman character. I forgot her name. The one that you start out with, like in the game. Um, Oh, I didn't talk about. She's like redhead with a lot of hair. Yeah, Um, yeah. They show they show like her animation. I was like, shut the fuck up. I thought it was like a Smash reveal at first. Like, I was just dumb. And then, (laughs) and then I saw like the actual like map and all that stuff and i was like oh shit they actually did that because people have been bitching that people have been wanting this for like since the launch of switch yeah so i I feel like this was a nintendo listened kind of game here dude it's gonna sell too like i don't know i don't don't think it's gonna be like you know a game that that outsells like monster hunter or anything like that but it's gonna hit the charts and it's gonna sell well because i mean you nailed it on the head people have been asking for. I mean, it's like Mother 3. Like, this is one of those things people have been asking for. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the other one that... Um, it's a game that I haven't really been talking much about, but um, it's... Uh, yeah, I'm lying. It's super... super uh, or not super. It's Shin Megami Tensei Five. <laughs> <laughs> I've been uh, craving for that game, and I guess the release date kind of got leaked before E3, but... Uh, to finally see it and not just like have the trailer be like the thing that we only knew about it, like seeing the um, seeing the the combat and all that stuff of the game, it was like super cool to see. Like I'm super excited for it as usual, and I'm pretty much sold. Like when I saw, like I was really here for Simagami Tensei Five. Like I was anything else announced, I'd have been like, oh, this is bonus. So. That was merely the main one I was just wanting to see, and it's going to be pretty good and dark as we expect it. Yeah, yeah, I, that that's a that's a day one for me. That was a day one for me. Like they could have just given me a release date, and that would have been a day one for me. But I did go and watch a little bit of the gameplay, and uh, I think it's going to be like you know the type of game that we've been waiting for that we won't be disappointed that we waited years for. But it, I think it's going to deliver in a huge way. Yeah, like I, I really do think it's gonna. I don't, it might not sell like crazy, but um, it's definitely gonna be like the people that are Sumergami fans are gonna be like, hell yes, dude. When you know, like this is this is uh, this is the attempt. Like it's it's like trying to capture the same thing that Capcom did with Rise, Monster Hunter Rise. Like take something that was for a niche audience and had a cult following and make it for the masses. So, I mean, there's no doubt the reason that there's so much hype around it and they spend time with the gameplay and everything is because I agree it might not sell that well and it still has a niche audience right now. But the hope, obviously, is, I mean, you know, look at Rise. Like, Monster Hunter went from selling, like, you know, a million, two million copies for the different games that came out on Nintendo platforms to, like, selling eight million. So... Like I think this is definitely attempt the attempt from like Atlas and and Sega to like have this explode and become like more of a mainstream French franchise. Right. <clears throat> I think as a designer person that kind of works with marketing, uh, I really feel like Shimagami Tensei's fucking like detriment or whatever is because it's named Shimagami Tensei and it literally doesn't sound like anything, like what the game is like people are just going to hear that and be like what the fuck is that game and they're going to keep yeah. going 
Yeah, so, no, I, I don't I don't even like when I'm talking to other people that are gamers, I don't even like saying the name because they just stare at you like you said something foreign. It's like, well, I, I kind of did. So, like, yeah, but you should play this. Right. I have some friends that if I say blah, 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 SMT, and they're like, they like wake up like, whoa, really? And that's when you know they're cool as shit. Yeah. <laughs> very few people in Oklahoma that are like that. There are very few. <laughs> Big surprise there. <laughs> Yeah. I've only met like three other people that know SMT when you say it in Oklahoma. They're like, oh shit, really? I know there's more. Like, but... Let's be friends forever now. Yeah, we got to sit together. There's only two of us in Oklahoma. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one, all right, the last game that I was super into that I really wasn't supposed to be into was Monster Hunter Stories 2. Like, dude, that fucking... I hadn't really watched the gameplay of that. I don't know why I had... I just think... I think since they announced it, I was excited when I first saw the announcement. Like, I don't know how long ago. Maybe a year ago or so. Yeah. And and then I saw, like, you know, a trailer or whatever. Like, ah, cool. But then I just honestly didn't even care. Like, I was just kind of like, I don't want this game. Like, And I love Monster Hunter. And I have stories from 3DS which we'll talk about in a minute. <laughs> um, but I wasn't involved, and then I saw the, the gameplay demo, and I was just like, dude, I'm all in, like 110% pause on this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you, you know, like, I uh, I have made, like, a conscious decision because I've read enough to know that, like, you can play two and not have played stories. I'm sure you miss out on some stuff, but, uh, you know, that's a very Nintendo thing with the Switch is to, like, release a sequel, like, Bravely Default 2, where, like, playing the first one, you get some backstory, but you can play it, like, as a standalone, too. Um, I was in on this from the get-go, because I I had played a decent amount of stories and then lost my game save and was going to start all over again. Uh, And now I've just made the call, like, I'll just wait, and I'll play stories, too, and I'll beat that, and then I'll go back and play stories. But I I thought the the gameplay and the trailer looked amazing. Like, this this game is uh, definitely, you know, like, my shit. I'm like Metroid. Yeah. (laughs) He had to throw it back in. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, dude, like, I feel like... um... Like, when they went to the overworld, and I remember, like, I played Stories on 3DS, which we will talk about in a second, uh, back in the day when it was launched. And I was excited. I loved it. Took a lot of time in it. And it was very much like this, where it's like an open world, kind of, you know, as much as 3DS can be. For, but you could see the distance pretty far, which was pretty cool for 3DS. But um, it was exactly like that, but it was like now they have the power to actually do a little bit more, like with the life of the world instead of just monsters roaming. Right, um, and it it kind of had the feel of like I don't want to say Breath of the Wild engine, but it was like it kind of felt like it was built in that same kind of vibe. Yeah, I can see that for sure. Like, I think that's a pretty solid com- or uh, comparison. Yeah, and just, like, dude, the combat, it feels a l- even more RPG. Like, stories on 3DS, is it's an RPG, but it, feel, it felt more like Pokemon in a kind of a way. Um, but this even looks, this looks way more like, an, like a serious take on an RPG now, even though it was before, yeah. but 
it just looks like they're they're putting it up to like a higher standard or something. Yeah. Um, um this is definitely like a pre-order day one. Uh and the demo comes out in five days, June twentieth. So and the demo is a hundred percent like whatever you do is in your game. So you're pretty much playing the game early, kind of, you know. So that's yeah. That's, that's, that's if I if I'm gonna if I'm gonna do a demo, that's the way it's got to be. So I'm glad that like it carries over when the main game comes out on July 9th. Uh, I'll definitely download that that demo on the 25th and then just carry over my save because I mean at this point, if you're gonna have a demo drop that close to when the game does, you you better not lose your your you know. Uh, save data and progress up until that point. Right. Like that, that makes me super amped now because, and I, the demo, uh, the woman that was playing the demo for the Nintendo Treehouse, she had like 10 hours plus in it. And that's kind of like cool to know that you can like roam and find monsters and have your, your party kind of ready for whatever comes yeah. in the real game. That's kind of neat. Unusual really, to get that much time out of a demo, too. I know. I really wish demos were just more like this, where your save carried over. Even if you don't buy the game right away, at least it's something still there in the cloud, ready for you if you ever did buy it. Yeah, I don't understand those demos where it's like, all right, well, I played for five hours, and now I'm buying the game, and I gotta start all over again. Like that. And redo I mean, all that shit. Yeah, I mean, Rise was Rise did a decent demo because, like, it, it didn't let you, like, create a character. You could just pick, pick specific hunters, right? Yeah, you just had to, like, pick what they gave you. But it, I think you did get something for playing the demo. Like, it was, like, items or some shit. Yeah, I think that's right. But, yeah, you pretty much when you started Rise, you still had to start from scratch as far as character creation and everything. Um that's an okay way of doing it, but like if you're gonna have a demo where like you're actually playing the story and progressing through it, and then the demo ends and you buy the game and have to start all over again, like you like eat my ass, like I don't want to do that. Yeah, that's super annoying, especially if it's like an hour plus, because like an hour is a lot of time to be real, and if you have to restart that whole hour, that's gonna be kind of annoying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh. Well, my last thing here, I guess we'll talk about more about stories, too, in a second. But my last thing is just a small rant about people. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, so people on, like, Twitter were just freaking out about, um, you know, like, I guess they expected games to come out or get expected things to be announced, and it didn't happen. And, you know, like, they get mad about, like, people were mad about the Zelda Game & Watch because it wasn't wind waker or something and because they didn't yeah. do more for like zelda's 35th anniversary and it's like dude like first off it was just a pandemic that probably held they probably locked down a lot of japan like japan took it a little more serious than we did so i feel like japan kind of got put on hold for a lot of their shit and i i guarantee you like zelda's not getting <laughs> worked on in america or something like that yeah no. so yeah, so I just don't understand why people are so mad about that. Um, and also, it's like, dude, these people are working in zeros and ones all day long, like coding and shit. Like, it's probably not fucking easy. So, I don't know, just seeing people freak out about, like, 35th anniversary 
You know, like, dude, it's like five years from now, they're going to bitch that they didn't do something for the 40th. And it's like, that means that Nintendo needs to have like a badass plan or a game released for every five years. Come on, dude. They can't, they can't fucking, they can't fucking swing that. It's just too much time. Five years is ridiculous. Like, you know, and, and furthermore, like, I don't like the whining. I mean, if you want a great way to become disconnected from all that whining and all that stuff, like, uh, get it, do something stupid and get in trouble with your significant other where you're not allowed to use social media anymore. And that'll remove you from it real quick. I can tell you from experience. Um, <laughs> but, but, uh, the whole thing for me is like, you know, every five years, like that's fine to celebrate in like a relationship or like, even if you want to be like, I'm 35 this year or whatever, but, like for a video game, especially with a pandemic, like, there are bigger things happening than Zelda. And like, I don't know, like, like Japan's still a, a disaster. Like the Olympics are getting ready to start there and they still have major infection rates with very low uh, vaccination rates. So like, it's not a country that's doing well in the pandemic. They they did for a little while, but it's, it's disastrous there. But furthermore, like whether they, you know, they're going to, Nintendo is, here's why I know that Nintendo is not concerned about this. Like, first off, because Nintendo is never concerned when fans complain. Um, but secondly, by the time the 40th anniversary rolls around, they will have already released Breath of the Wild 2 or whatever it's going to be called. And I'm sure that's going to be a game of the year, like something that blows all of our minds the way that Breath of the Wild did. And right. then, like, people people won't be as salty then, especially because Wind Waker is still coming out, you know, like. Um, it's going to happen. No. What is what is what's the one that's coming out though? Soon. Oh yeah, Skyward Sword. Yeah, so that's coming out. I mean, people will be happy about that. They'll get a Zelda game they can play. You know, the Game and Watch is coming out. Like, I I understand like fans like the like gaming fans they're entitled and they want their shit like right now. But like, they're gonna forget about this when some of that stuff comes out, and then Breath of the Wild two gets announced, and then it comes out. I guess next year maybe you know a holiday of this year allegedly (laughs) yeah but like that and i'm sure they will do something for the 40th but like not not releasing enough during a 35th anniversary that's still taking place during a pandemic like nah that doesn't work for me like your your entitlement showing too much dude and you know like uh like this is a small thing but i think i told you about you know, like I've been working or not working. I've been waiting on this um, Kickstarter, but they told me recently that the shipping is so crazy that, you know, it's delayed for shipping, which is whatever. I'm not really, it's a tabletop game. I'm not like craving for it. It'd be cool to have it, but I'm not dying. But that's another thing. Like, it's like, think about how kind of nuts it is just the fact that Nintendo will have these Game & Watch units to sell. Like, it's probably... They probably were working on that and really securing that. Um, yeah. And honestly, that kind of wouldn't surprise me if this was affecting why the Switch Pro or whatever it's called wasn't announced. Um, because it might be affecting like shipping times and just people like they probably want to have a, enough stock to, sh- to handle a few sales in a few countries or a few states and countries. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. I just feel like. It's just like people that, like, I think I said this to you as well. Like, we gamers sit on our ass and wait for a game to be made, and then, like, we download it. Like, we are doing zero shit. 
and we all have a million games in our backlog. And just, I don't know, just seeing people freak out about, this wasn't announced, they are stupid as hell, this is dumb. It's just like, holy shit, dude, like, there's, there's no reason. <laughs> no, and it's like, it's really short-term, you know, like, appreciation or whatever for memory, too, because, like, you know, during a pandemic when we were all locked down, they gave us Animal Crossing. Um, and, you know, they've released, like, all sorts of games and everything, like, Nintendo has done things, I mean, if you're, and if you're people like us, like, we got Monster Hunter, um, I don't know, at some point, it's just, like, people want too much, and when they don't get everything they think they deserve, or everything that they asked for, everything they were expecting, then it's, like, end of the world, it's sort of, like, yo, like, get out of the house and touch a boob or something. Like, you know, like, experience the real world and stop living in your parents' basement and convulsing over the fact that you only are getting a game and watch. Like, that that's not a, that's not a real-life problem. You know, like, I, I, the, the whole social media thing. So, like, over the last eight months that I've been off Twitter altogether and like my Instagram, my private, like my personal Instagram is private and it's just like book stuff and I don't post to it very often and I don't scroll through it very often. And my video game one gets updated occasionally. I'm so unplugged. And I mentioned this to you, like I'm so unplugged from that uh, toxicity that um, it doesn't even register. To, like I don't see it at all. Like Twitter is where it happens. That type of stuff doesn't happen on Instagram. Like Instagram's not the uh, the right forum for that type of complaining, um, because Twitter is is a word based social media, so it's easy to go tap out what you you know whatever whiny little bitch shit you want to post and hit send and go on with your day. And like like don't get me wrong, like I use Twitter for that very reason, like responding to threads, searching hashtags, going through stuff. Like I remember it. But I'm so unplugged from it <laughs> that I don't see any of it. And it's glorious because I just go to Nintendo Life and talk with you about things and play games. And it's like, this is what it like. I'm almost living a gamer's life of like before social media or the Internet to an extent. I mean, I could go to websites. So I guess not before the Internet. But like, I don't log into my gaming Instagram even daily. So really, like, I'm not seeing people's opinions or posts. I'm just kind of, like, looking at stuff myself and playing it and talking with my friends. And it's right. awesome. Yeah, it, <clears throat> that is the way to go. Because, I don't know, just the whole E3. And people were bashing, you know, Square. They were bashing Xbox. It's, it was just like, dude, like, I mean, my I guess my thing is, you know, it's like, Dude, people are working. They're probably like, think about it. Like, developers are probably like all the time, like one hundred percent, like building a game. And right when they finish a game, it's like DLC and updates, and then they go to the next game. And it's like they don't have time to just be like, let's juggle fifteen games at one time. Um. Anyway, it's just people should slow uh, a little bit of like. Just pause and let let the folks feel their games. Yeah. Have a Coke and a smile and shut the fuck up, as Richard Pryor would say. <laughs> I love that guy. <laughs> but uh, now that that's over, 
I guess uh, I guess we can move on to the games that we're playing. Yeah, I can uh, I can take the lead on that because it's really going to be really short, and then we can get into more of a long form discussion on what you've been playing. Um, I uh, I got last kids on Earth, which uh, Phoenix and I both didn't even know had been turned into a game. I didn't even know what it was, um, <laughs> but it's a uh, it's a it's a couch co op or single player beat 'em up, uh, kind of in the same vein as the old. Uh, Streets of Rage and uh, is it Streets of Rage or Streets of Fury? It was Rage, like a right? few Streets of Rage, and then there was like a dang, there was another one. But you know, there's a lot of them. Like, yeah, oh, Double every, Dragon. Everyone did that. Yeah. Um, it, it's in that same vein. It's very cartoony. You walk through, you pick your character. They all have different weapons. I picked some big hulking dude that has a hockey stick, and. Uh, you kill zombies and you solve miniature little puzzles and, and everything. You can switch your character at, at various telephone booths throughout the, the levels. It's crisp. It plays really well. It's fun. Uh, it's not something that I'm going to beat or play for a lengthy period of time. But uh, I probably put like three or four hours into it and I'll, I'll definitely play more. And, uh, you know, like it's serviceable. But like uh, unremarkable. It was only forty bucks though. So for a launch game, like that's not terrible. Um, and uh, the only other thing I've really been playing was, uh, and now it's escaping me. What did I just <laughs> say? I had been playing, and now, cool. So my brain's not working right now, and uh, uh, yeah. And I was like, oh, hey. I put a couple hours into that, and then. You know, if only oh, I it had... was uh, Hyperlight. Oh, yeah, you're right. I, I, I put, uh, I, yeah, thanks. Your brain still works. Um, <laughs> Hyperlight Drifter. I did uh, I did play, like, the first six or seven hours of that game. Uh, it's really good. You know, like, it's a, it's a 2D, like, kind of roguelite uh, action adventure, like, in, in the same vein as, like, Zelda, but in a much darker world. Um it looks great. The music is, uh, it's good, if not uh, kind of unnoticeable at times. Uh, it's 100% something you would be into. Um, like without question, you would if you if you got it, um, you would you would love it. So, uh, and I got the special edition from Best Buy, so I got like, I was like an art book and a CD and a keychain and something else, a map or something like that. But. Uh, yeah, I put a, I put a decent amount of time into that like earlier last week and then haven't touched it since then. Um, and then, you know, the only other thing that I even remotely played is I think I logged into Monster Hunter Rise and killed a couple things with some people in the middle of the week just because I was like, all right, well, let me let me get back in here and do this. But uh, that's pretty much it. There hasn't been a lot of, of uh, gaming going on for me. That might change this upcoming week. But uh, but that was it. So I Hyperlight Drift was one that I've had my eye on for a long time, and it's like one of those like why haven't I bought kind of games? It's definitely one one that I should should have had by now. Yeah, but dude, I haven't. It's right up your alley. Definitely right up your alley. Yeah, and the story of it sounds like really compelling. Where he's like he, she, they. I don't know what the character is, <laughs> but they're like dying, right, or something. Yeah, yep, that's exactly right. It's it's like 
you know, it, it's a lot of dialogue. It's a lot of dialogue to read and follow along with, but the game definitely in the first hour or two holds your hands and teaches you all the mechanics of how you're going to play. Um, but I, you know, like it's, it's like old school sprites, like the characters are, you, you know, like there's, there's not a lot of graphics going on there. Uh, it feels, it feels very old school. The thing that might hold some people back from getting it is that I think it still has a higher price tag for, for what you're getting from it. So, but, uh, but so far what I've played, I really liked. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what I think. So. Whenever I whenever I saw it announced or released back in the day, at the time there were a ton of games that had that same art style look, whatever engine that is built in. And I was I had played like four of them, and I was just like Ugh, another one that's like this. Yeah, um, I'm not not saying that I think it's bad or anything. I I just remember that being like a thing in my head. We're just like I've played like five of these lately. Um, so that's why I didn't. But it's it's one of those games now where I'm like I should I should definitely mess with that game. <laughs> <laughs> now now it's going to be like at the forefront of your mind with with Monster Hunter Stories two coming up and all sorts of stuff. Phoenix is going to struggle with like uh, my local Best Buy still has that special edition shit. God, it's going to sit there because I know that's a good thing about being in Oklahoma though. There's no one, no one's dying for having like different special editions. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, that's a valid point. Phoenix is not concerned about that selling out. That's for sure. It's basically I own it, but it's basically just in a store, just sitting there for now. <laughs> <laughs> for all intents and purposes, that's my copy. It's just unpaid for, but it's mine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not going anywhere. <laughs> but um, that's definitely one that. I mean, I keep seeing it on sale, and I don't ever go for it. I still say that if Nintendo added uh, um, for the Switch an add-to-cart thing, it would be really bad because I would throw yeah, it would be very convenient. Yep, and they are losing so much money because of that. Um, oh yeah, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, because there's been so many times where I'm like, "Well, this game is five dollars, and that one's five dollars. I'll just get these at the same time." But then I'm like. Uh, I got one. I'm not going to sit here and go through all these clicks and buttons again. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I guess that's good for you. Are you done on that? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, we're we're on to you now. Uh, I just want to say, though, my kid is super into Last Kids on Earth. I didn't know it was a beat-em-up like that, so that would make me even more inclined to think about getting that for him, because he has read, like, He's, I think he's reading the one of them now. I think it's like eight books, and he's on fifth. And he like pairs through those, so I know he would probably love that game. And it's even better now that you said it was Couch Co-op. Yeah, yeah, I'm almost positive you can play it that way, and that would be a big selling point for like you and your kid. Yeah, he's yeah. I'll, I'll definitely get that. Um, that'll be an easy, easy purchase because. I'll look like a superhero, and I'm like, oh, this is a game that I want to check out anyway, so. <laughs> um, Alright, so I guess we'll swap to my game. So I've been on this kick of trying to, like, beat games that I've had, like, just sitting there, you know? Like, you get them pretty far, and you don't finish them for whatever reason. Yeah. 
So the first of that game, uh, I have on my freaking phone for like since it was launched, and I just hadn't finished it. But I loved it. it was Fantasian. Um, it's a part one of the saga, or whatever. Like it's, I guess it's a it's a full game, but they have only released a part one, which is like half of it or whatever. That I guess they say is half. Um, and the second part is still being developed, but it's going to be released later this year. I follow I follow the uh, developer on Twitter, and they've stayed hard pause on that on that <laughs> development time. <laughs> so they they have it swayed on it being released later this year. Um, so I beat the first part. It ends in a nice little cliffhanger, but you don't feel like you're. I mean, it's a good cliffhanger, but you're not. You're not like mad. You're just like, oh man, that's a good part to end on, and can't wait for the next one. It's not like one where it's just like a character dies and goodbye. Like it's not like that. <laughs> right, right. I know some. I know. I know some folks really dislike cliffhangers, so I would uh, rather not lead them astray. Um, there's some. Uh, there's some really great storytelling though, and I think in the first, I read like something on the developers' Twitter before, like they. They were saying that this first part is very straightforward. There's not a lot of like, it's very linear. There's no, you can't just, you can grind if you want, but there's not a lot of places to just go away and do small um, side quests. Um, But apparently in the second part of the game, it's going to be all open world kind of stuff. Not open world, but I guess it's going to be like, you can open end it, just go wherever you want to go. And do that task or do that story and you know it's more open to doing whatever um but like i said though the first part is super good like it keeps you keeps you engaged in the story like it just has a really good pacing like it doesn't it doesn't ever give me a moment to where i felt like i was stuck um i I think i stopped playing it only because i just I don't know why. I can't remember. Like it was like, when I started playing it again, I was just like, "Why the hell didn't I start? Like, why didn't I finish this?" It was so good. Um, it has really good navigation and menus, and it feels like a premier RPG. Like I swear to you, it feels like something SquareSoft, which I guess the guy did work on Final Fantasy games. So, but it feels like a SquareSoft Final Fantasy game if if it was like a third party. Um, and you won't you won't feel lost like if you're ever in a moment where you just have to know where the story is like it tells you exactly where it is you don't feel like you have to fucking dip in and out of houses and find out where to go it's great for that and combat is super good like it's all based around touch um pause and you can <laughs> you can um it's pretty much like a cool battle system and towards the end of the part one they Kind of like throw some new stuff on you with the character and leveling up and like you know I won't go super into it but it throws some stuff into it that made me be like wow this game is way more than I thought like I was kind of assuming I was like ten hours in or fifteen hours in that I was like all right this is the game and then it throws a thing in for like fifteen hours where you're just like dude this is way more deeper than I thought pause and. <laughs> <laughs> And um, anyway, like my big worry of this game, though, I feel like it is a hundred percent so far the best JRPG of twenty twenty one that no one is ever going to play because it's stuck on Apple Arcade, and I feel like that's really bad. Um, and I really, I've been like, I don't think, 
I don't think it's going to come to any other platforms because at the end of it, when you roll the when you roll the credits, it says produced by Apple, and yeah. I feel like I feel like that means like Apple put a pretty good amount of money towards it to get it on the platform to help it to help it finish probably development as well. So well, I and, think, and I I think you're right. Like like on top of the fact that what you told me rolls in the credits and it's only on a- Apple Arcade. Like I think you know the. I think there's plenty of people with iPads and iPhones that play games on their phone. I think the vast majority of people that do are not serious gamers and they're playing like puzzle games and candy crush and word games and and Fantasian is just going to get lost uh, without like an Android or even like PC launch or whatever, or potential for like switch launch. Like it's just one of those games where like I played the first two or three hours and really enjoyed it and haven't gotten back to it. But uh, I just feel like that that go- that game is almost a lost cause being stuck on Apple Arcade. Yep, and I'm a big uh, Apple Arcade fan. I've had it since it was launched, and I like it a lot for my kids to just play games. I don't like the when you have kids, they like to mess with like the ads, and they click the ads, and you get they're in that zone. And they end up going into a store, and they're like, they're like, Daddy, how do I get out of this? <laughs> so as a dad, Apple Arcade is kind of a godsend. And that's why I've really been into it. So anyway, the fact that it's stuck on there um, is really kind of, it's going to be its downfall, I think. I think it's a good way. I really think for the platform of Apple Arcade, which I like, it'd be cool to have a good game that's serious that is, you know, that is like a proper RPG on the platform. But man, that game, and it's one of those, it's probably one of those things too where everyone not everyone, but a lot of folks have an iPhone and they probably like RPGs and they probably don't even know it exists like on their phone. And I, I bet you that's what it's going to like that hurts it as well. Like so many people aren't into like the tech stuff of their phone. They're just kind of like, I have a phone and Facebook works and that's it. And well, I think a lot of those people are, are on Apple, you know, like, yeah, um, right. You know, lots of good games come out for Apple, no doubt. There's a lot of great iPhone games that come out for it. But, like, I almost think what you were just describing is really indicative of, like, the Apple Arcade crowd. Because you were like, as a dad and having kids, it's great to have this because they can download things or it's not costing any money. And it's like a lot of the games in Google Game Pass is kind of the same way. Like, a lot of the games are, like geared towards kids or, or preteens or, or whatever. There's still a lot of great games that aren't, but like most people that have iPhones, like the all, everyone I know that has iPhones are like, I don't play games on my phone. Like I'm, I like the camera. I like FaceTiming. I like iMessage. I, I use Facebook and like the end. And then like the people I know that right. have Android phones are like, you know, I'm playing Call of Duty and I'm playing Danganronpa um, like it's like like Android definitely seems to be more of a gamer's platform, and Apple definitely seems to be more of like a social platform. Yeah, Apple has. I remember you know because I love uh, Android as well, and it's had a Pixel. I do love Android. Uh, I feel like the achievements and stuff feel kind of like an Xbox like thing on there. You know, like the, it feels like it's more integrated. Whereas Apple has that stuff, but it's definitely not like I can't go to it and be like. I guess I kind of can, but, you know, like, I remember on Android, I could go to, like, your name and see, like, oh, Ben's playing this, and he got this award or whatever. You yeah, can do that yeah. 
you can do them on Apple, but it's not it's not as pretty and easy to do. You have, you have to kind of bury and dig for it. I mean, you have to dig for it. Yeah, all, all of my stuff, like, and I've been on Android since, like, day one when the first Google phone came out, because I was, I was like, oh, this is cool. But, like, I still have all <laughs> of my achievements from the last 12 years now, because the first Google phone came out in 2009. Um, and, like, I have all my achievements, and, you know, like, I'm level, like, 47 or whatever, and Google Play games, and, um, I mean... I have an iPad, and I really like my iPad, and there's some really great games on there, and I think if I had an iPhone, I would be gaming on my phone just as much with that as I do with my Android, but, like, I just do think that, like, the Android is a more, there's a lot more, like, technological aspect and customization with Android, and I think that leads to a lot of, like, gamers going that route. Um yeah, so, I agree. I don't know. No, no Fantasian, you know, on Android. Like, it doesn't bother me personally because I could just pop on my my iPad and I'm good. But uh, they're definitely missing like a huge portion of the market there. Yeah, and <clears throat> I know, like, you know, the end of the year thing. What is it? Games Awards or whatever. Oh yeah, I I really like. I'm really hoping that this game is not forgotten and it's at least makes it to a nominee. Because I really, I swear to you, dude, like this game is super good and like really has like a lot of love and heart into it. And I just really feel like it's going to be lost because of the Android or Apple Arcade. <laughs> I would be surprised if it makes it onto those awards just because of the platform that it's stuck on. Um, right, but I hope I'm wrong because, like, I've played a decent amount of it at this point, and uh, like, I I like that game. So it looks, you know, it looks good and it plays good, and and I, I think it's there's a lot of redeeming qualities about it. But I just I really do think that being stuck on Apple when it comes to like gaming is like a death sentence. Yeah, you know. Like I said before, I, I wish the platform well, but man, I just, I don't know. I I don't even see them building it. Like, I don't see them growing a big base of people that play it. <laughs> no, no, definitely. I mean, I already think that Fantasian has, like, there was a super amount of hype about it. We talked about it on the podcast. We were hype about it. And, like, I already think that game has found its way into, like, Gamer's Graveyard. Yeah. Like, you know, it, it really is like, I don't know how much it did for Apple to get like exclusive rights to it for that Apple Arcade, but like I knew lots of people that were like super hyped about it. And it's like, you know, oh, like, oh, I can't play it on my PC. I can't play it on Switch. It's not available on console and you can't play it on Android. And then eventually it's just like, well, I mean, like, I guess that's that. Yep. And I guess that's another bad thing about it. It's, I didn't think about that till now, but. You can play it anywhere that you can play a Mac. So you can play it on your Mac. You can play it on your iPad or Apple TV. And your save carries everywhere. But, yep, if you don't have any of those, you're just not in at all. And um, I guess they're trying to give Apple Arcade. Like, it's when you go to the App Store, it's Arcade is, like, on the main buttons at the bottom. So they're, they're trying to give it, like, a focus. But... Yeah, I still don't. I still don't believe 
I think it's like it shows you like apps and then it's like games and then it says arcade. So I'm sure oh, yeah. people see that and they're probably like, hmm, what the hell's the difference? So I don't I don't know how that works for them, but um I'm just gonna give this game I gonna give it a nine out of ten, like must play rating. I swear to you for JRP friends, like you guys won't guys and girls won't hate this. It's just if you have an Apple device, you can definitely play it and you gotta check it out. If not, um Maybe check it out. I never heard about it. I know. Maybe check it out if you randomly see a free iPad or iPhone near somewhere. (laughs) Yeah, like all those, like definitely if you're walking down the street and there's a free iPad stand, you should grab one so you can play Fantasia. (laughs) Yeah, just never know. (laughs) Um, So the other game I want to talk about, my last game, is Monster Hunter Stories. I finished that. That was my second game in my, like, I want to finish games thing. Um, so when I saw Hunter Stories on 3DS in 2021. So, dude, the best thing about this, though, was going back to the 3DS as my default console for, like, a week or two or whatever I played it. Like, I was like, dang, I missed this console. Every time I open it up, I'm like, dude, it's so nice. Yeah, I um, I I dropped the ball on that game because we both were like talking about it a week ago, and I was like, two is coming out on July 9th, and I'm gonna play through it, and like I just didn't pick my 3ds up. I've just been reading, and uh, I kind of had to convince myself. And you were sort of like there as the mental process took place, where I was like, I'm gonna play it. I'm gonna get to it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna play it after two. Yeah, I'm just not gonna play it right now. I'll play two and then I'll play it. And that's where I, you know, devolved into like, I will play it eventually. But um, the little bit of it that I played like two years ago, I played like 10 or 15 hours and lost my save. Uh, And I put like, you know, the first half an hour into trying to replay it like two weeks ago. Um, It's obvious that it's a great, I mean, I even thought about getting on my phone, but it was like 20 bucks on mobile, which is too stiff. Um, Full game. Yeah, yeah, I believe so. I had no idea that. I, I knew it was on there, but I didn't know what kind of like form of it it was. No, I'm pretty positive that it's the full full game. I mean, it's it it, it doesn't say that it's not the full game. Uh, and, yeah. and it in a you know, and it for twenty bucks, it better damn well be the full game. Yeah, for um, real. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this game is 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 on my backlog, and, and I'm gonna play it in reverse and play two, and then play one. I think that would actually actually work well um, because so like you know the folks that don't know the character or the character that you make or play as in stories two is the grand son or granddaughter of the person that you played in the first game, which is kind of weird because they keep I watched like a playthrough last night of a uh, the demo of stories two. And the characters kept saying, "Grand, you're the he's the grandfather. Like he was the grandfather." So I don't know how that works if you picked a female woman character in the first stories. Like, so that wouldn't be the grandfather. So yeah. I don't know. If, I don't know how that. I don't know why that wasn't like. Why you couldn't just say grandkid? Um, I don't know. Maybe it'll make more sense when we play the game, but. It felt kind of weird for me to be like, okay, you can you can pick a woman, but you can't. But it says grand, 
he's the grandfather of this. It's like, it was weird to me. But anyway, um, yeah, so that character is your grandfather or grandmother, and that's kind of cool. And then I watched the playthrough yesterday, and there were some characters that I recognized from the game. So I just beat it, and I was just like, that's kind of neat. It's, it's kind of cool, but I think it will definitely work well if you go back to it. And you'll be like, oh, that's that's that person. That's this person. I uh, I read enough about it to feel comfortable that like it could play as a serviceable standalone. And then when I play the first one, I'll just be you know like connecting the dots in reverse, um, which yeah. kind of makes sense because you know Nintendo is not releasing a whole lot of games onto the Switch that that don't service as standalones because they're just, they don't release much things assuming that people play the 3DS, it seems. So I, I, I think I'm pretty safe, especially safe knowing that I am going to play the first one after I beat the second one. But the second one is probably going to be my vacation game because I imagine it's going to take a while to beat. Um, yeah. So... You'll probably uh, be right. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm expecting that game to be like, I don't know. I don't want to guess how many hours, but I would imagine it's going to be uh, more than the first one, and that one was supposed to be <laughs> 30 to 35 hours unless you're Phoenix. Um, and <laughs> it's more like, what, 45 hours, 50, something like that? <laughs> I would say I would say it's closer to 50, and I didn't do a ton of slide stuff, but there were some people that I, I saw on other podcasts, I think it was IGN, that the woman says she played for 80 hours, and I was like, Fuck that. Like, it's a good game, but... <laughs> it's not that good. No. Uh, I think she was trying to collect um, collect the monsters, which... Okay, so I, I want to say this about the, the game. The story is serious. Like, the story setup is like the, the kid, um, like your rival character is like his mother is killed by like a monster that has... Uh, the black blight or you know how every monster hunter has like some kind of sickness and the monsters get pissed off and they're like a new form of what they are. Um, yeah. So that kind of monster like killed his mother in the beginning. And it's kind of like a gripping scene where you're just like, Holy shit, they showed that. <laughs> like it's kind of gripping. And, um, and they kind of show that and it makes you kind of have like a serious, like, all right, so this game is kind of serious. So it kind of breaks up the whole like kitty thing with that moment and then you keep seeing that rival through the story and that rival is still very committed to like his mission of just being strong and not being weak so that he can stop this the next time it happens um so that it makes it really serious and the story never felt like you know i love pokemon but like i'm so over the like let's collect everything and we gotta stop this evil organization from taking pokemon eggs or whatever right um, like this one is serious, even though it looks like a kitty game. Like I swear to you, like it's the story is like it felt like way more weight on it. Um, it's still like the whole like let's say the world concept, but like, dude, some of the some of the uh, the CGI movies or whatever you want to say, like in the in that game, I was kind of like, holy shit, these are like proper cutscenes that like, <laughs> they made for the game, and it was really good. Like I was really impressed, dude. Like Capcom didn't like they put serious effort behind this game probably because japan was like crazy for monster hunter and they still are um but anyway um if you're into monster hunter like you'll recognize all the sounds all the fucking potions like all the you can combine in this game and all that stuff and like make your own items um 
but it's just way easier. It's like way more like simplified. You don't have to have a million things to make an armor set. You can just buy, I think you can take down one animal or one monster and pretty much have the armor set and then take them down again and have like the weapon set. Like it's not stressful. Um, but there's definitely no, there's definitely no like push for you to must have all the monsters to have, um, you know, to win the game. Like you can pretty much find like 10 that you love and just stick with that. I think I pretty much have, my team is five and I think I just stuck with the five and I never, never budged after I got my five locked in that I liked. Um, I don't know, dude, I think it's good. And I would give Monster Hunter Stories on 3DS a 9.5. It could get get to 10 if it didn't have the annoying like boss at the end, it like hit me over the head with like 10 plus like just mini boss fights, and that is annoying. Like, yeah, it's too many. It's, it's really annoying because I feel like at that, I feel like what they're doing is testing the player to make sure you're strong enough to find it, the final battle, but also it's like it's like filling in like time you know like it's like making you play an extra like five hours for no reason yeah um, I, I knew i was strong enough i knew i was over level i knew i was ready so it's kind of like this way for them to like make you grind and they kept sending me on fetch quest kind of things not fetch quest, but like this is where this new stone is go to that stone and unlock the stone you go to the stone you unlock it and it's like we've heard there's another stone this way and it's like fuck me dude just let me just let me get to the final boss. So <laughs> yeah. I, Ready I don't know. For this I do, to be over. Yeah, like I, I love the game, but some games that I can really wear out like they're welcome or whatever. And um I don't know, like I, I really do love it. It's just be warned that the ending is gonna be like you'll be ready to fight the final person and it'll still be like five hours of just you dicking around. Um Anyway, so yeah, it's go play this game. <laughs> um, I do, I do want to say that I'm kind of surprised that this never got released on the Switch, especially if there was a mobile version. Like, how the hell is that not possible? Yeah, you know, like I, I never thought about that because my immediate response was going to be, well, you know, they were obviously working on two, but they optimized it for mobile, so you would think they would have put it on Switch too. It just, uh, I don't really get that either. Yeah, like, let me see here. It's just the full game. I'm pretty sure it is, though. Oh, I just looked it up on the store. It's the full game. Yeah. that That's so... Yeah, I'm looking at the screenshots. Dude, it even looks like HD. Yeah, oh, yeah, it looks good. Very high quality. Um. Okay, so I will say the UI is kind of dumb. How they have... When you're in combat... There was some stuff that's on the lower screen that you picked during attacks and stuff, and it looks like they just put it on top of the screen when you're playing. I mean, mean, that's like one of those things that you kind of have to concede if you're going to get it onto a phone. Right. I mean, I'm not not whining about it, but it, it seems to me like the bones are here, and I feel like it could easily have been brought to to the switch. I I just. I don't know. It's just kind of weird to me that they they didn't want to have that as like a a year ago game. Like, hey, here's Monster Hunter stories on the Switch. Like, I feel like that would 
I've sold a lot, honestly. But yeah, me too. Nintendo hmm. doing Nintendo shit. Yeah, dude. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I'm looking at the mobile, and it does look like it's literally the bones of the 3ds. That it's just like high resed or whatever you want to call it, because it looks. I'm looking at this part where it's like uh, him, him riding the dragon, and it's like, it's like, it's like the whole overworld, and it's like you can't see any monsters roaming because you can't see that far. Like the monsters won't load that far, but it does look like it's just straight up the 3ds copy and paste it into mobile form. Um, but is it twenty uh, bucks on Apple also? Let me look. It is twenty dollars. It's number thirty-one in role playing right now. Holy shit! That's pretty high, all things considered. Yeah, I mean it's it's a great game, but people might be trying to get their Monster Hunter fix since Rise came out too. Right, that's true. Yeah, this is <laughs> definitely not the Monster Hunter that people will think, but. Dude, I, I really love the stories uh, series. And like I said, if you like Monster Hunter, you're going to probably love this because there were some moments where I hadn't seen monsters and hadn't even thought of them until the end. And then all of a sudden you see them like run at you. Uh, There's like a moment where it's like they give you a lot of these like cut scenes and like a monster walks by and you see like a glimpse of it. And you're like, oh, shit, they're going to hit me with that. And then the monster runs at you. And it's just like, oh, that's where the monster's been. They've been waiting to show this monster until now. And then you can, like, make the items from that monster when you beat it. So, I mean, it's cool. If you like Monster Hunter, you'll you'll love this. If you have a 3DS still. <laughs> if you're, like, dropping 20 bucks on a mobile game. Uh, I would, just from looking at the screenshots, I would say don't play the mobile version. It looks, it looks kind of forced. It's got a, I don't know about Apple, but it's got 4.5 out of 5 stars on Google Play. Um, Which is insanely high. Yeah, it's four point five on Apple as well. Yeah, so that's that's wild. Um, I don't. I'm just. I'm not liking the game itself, but like, man, I think it. I think it's way better on 3ds. Just from looking at these screenshots. Oh, I think anything that was like native to 3DS, like ultimately if they released a mobile game, you're still better off getting it on 3DS. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably like you were saying earlier, like it's probably no one <laughs> at this point no one's gonna have a 3DS to play it and they're probably not gonna go back to that and play it anyway. Yeah. Exactly. Which kind of sucks though because stories <laughs> this is the bad thing about like Doing this is like stories two will come out, and then what? What other game had like a two or oh breath? Oh, not breath. Um, Bravely Default Bravely. two. Yeah, it's like that is kind of like a what the fuck is going on with the story? Um, I don't know. Like I said, they they should have changed that name to like Bravely something. They shouldn't even na- named it Bravely Default two because then it makes people think that they're missing out on the first. Oh, it definitely does, and they're not at all, not with Bravely, because it was like a completely new story. Right, which is even more like, why the hell they do that? But I'm not Square, Enix. (laughs) Nor am I. (laughs) Well, uh, that's all I have. 
talk about. Yeah, I think that uh, that probably wraps up episode 13. Uh, not sure when, well, quite yet, when we, we will. I don't know what your schedule is like, so we'll eyeball episode 14. But I think episode 14, we'll see the return of Ben's bookstore and uh, and what we've been playing. And uh, we will be inching ever so closely or closer to uh, Monster Hunter Stories 2 at that point. So a lot of things to look forward to on the horizon. And uh, hopefully everybody enjoyed our brief uh, talk on E3. Um, <laughs> social media, as always, is RPNCast on Twitter and Instagram. On Instagram, you can find me at uh, FlatCapGaming, IG. And uh, you can find Phoenix where? I'm uh, at Fartsy, at P-H-A-R-T-S-Y, on anything social-related. I am there. And I think uh, that'll probably do us for episode 13. All right, man. Peace.